Today's guest is author Troy Young. Troy has been many things in his career. Shoe salesman, waiter, newspaper owner, children's performer, actor, elected official, policy advisor, CEO, and university lecturer. Now, he wants to try his hand at writing. His first attempt at writing is a novel called The Extraordinary Life of Jimmy Mayfield. The genesis for The Extraordinary Life of Jimmy Mayfield came while going for a walk in Placida, Florida, where his parents have a winter home. While he navigates the waters of seeking a publisher for that series, he is writing short stories and working on a fantasy series, The Companions of the Stone. The first book, The Stone of Death, came out in September of 2020. Also published in September was a space western, The Seeker of Solace. Currently, if you are a fan of Lovecraftian horror, you can delve into his series, The Other. The first two compilations are now available, with book three coming in 2021. Troy lives in Toronto with his wife, daughter, and dog. Troy, what made you want to live a more creative life? Now, I've always been a creative person. I actually started out um, pursuing acting in theater program at York University um, and kind of shelved that when I realized just how limiting a career choice that could be. I didn't want to be 40 and still living with roommates uh, waiting for my big break. So I put that on hold, but I'd always had that creative um, creative bent to me. Uh, I've played role-playing games since I was a kid. So developing characters and situations and scenarios was something I've always kind of done, but I'd never really thought about making it something that I would do for a living. I'm the CEO of a not-for-profit organization, and I'm also a university uh, lecturer part-time. So those are my two main sources of income. But I remember having a conversation with my students once about what is your second career going to be? Once you've achieved everything you, you want to, what are you going to do that is going to be inspiring just for you? Or what would you do if for some reason tomorrow you no longer had to worry about a job and you could do whatever you wanted? And I asked them that and we had, you know, one guy wanted to be a rapper, so I made him get up in front of the class and rap and things like that. And then the class turned to me and said, what would you do? And I thought about it and I said, you know what? I think I'd want to be a novelist. Um, and I don't know where that really came from. I just kind of put on the spot, always kind of thought about, wouldn't this be cool? Um, but of course, I still didn't do anything on it. This was years ago uh, that they first said that. But it had been lingering then in the back of my mind. And a couple of years ago, I was in Florida. My parents have a winter home down there. I was down visiting. Trump had been president for just a year. And I was kind of lamenting the state of the world and thinking while on a walk in Florida, and you don't go for a walk in, in South Central Florida, right? <laughs> they just put in sidewalks uh, when I was there. So I decided to try out the new sidewalks and I'd gone for this long walk in the hot sun. And while I was walking, I started to think about this character living in a trailer park in that area of Florida. And by the time I came back, I had this whole story idea laid out about this guy living in this current situation that we're in, 
out of work, undereducated, and what he would do to carve something out of it for his life in this situation. And I remember coming back from Florida and I, I went and I was telling my, my staff at my office about this story idea that I had. And one of my staff, she just spoke up and she goes, when are you going to stop telling us about these story ideas and actually start writing them down? So just despite her, I did. <laughs> and that's how I got started. Do you plan your projects in detail or go with the flow? And why did you make that your process? I do a lot of thinking in advance, uh, but I don't really write much down. So uh, I'll, I'll generate the genesis of an idea and I'll allow it to sit in my head and germinate for a while. Often while I go on a walk is where I first come up with these things. Walking seems to be my, my source of uh, the best inspiration for me. And I will flush out the characters and the main points in my head. So I'll know where it begins and I'll know where it ends. Sometimes I might do a chapter outline, but that's all. I only did it for the last two novels I wrote. I also write a series of uh, cosmic horror short stories and they just seem to kind of jump into creation almost fully formed. But Stephen King said, and I'm probably paraphrasing here, he, he likened being an author to being a paleontologist and your story is the fossil in the ground. It's not our job to create this thing from new. What we're actually doing is unveiling the story. The story already exists. It's just up for us to show it to the world. And that's kind of what I do. There are lots of times when I'll sit down to write a chapter and I tended to, to plan it out chapter by chapter where I approach each chapter as almost an independent story. And I tend to write until the chapter is done where I know where I'm starting, obviously, because I just wrote the chapter before it. And I know where I have to end it to start the next chapter, but I have no idea what's going to happen and how I'm going to get from point A to point B until I start writing. And for me, it's often the characters are going to decide and uh, they'll tell me where I'm going. And often I'll get to the end and go, wow, okay, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> right. As long as I think, you know, your characters well enough and you've established them in your own head, you can do that. And as long as you know where they have to get to, let them decide what the journey is to get to that point. We've touched on this a bit and understand you have really two other jobs. So what are the pluses and minuses about balancing that with your writing? Well, I'm lucky that the, the job I do have uh, does grant me a lot of freedom, obviously. Uh, I am the boss. I do have staff under me. I can delegate a lot, but it does, it does give me the flexibility. But I would also do a lot of my writing every evening. Now, since COVID being at home, I've had a, a lot more flexibility. So it's given me much more time during the day to write. And I can sit down, you know, if I find that I've got an hour in between things, write down 500 words here and there. So I've actually been much more uh, active uh, since COVID. I finished off one novel, wrote a complete novel, and I'm halfway through it. It's sequel right now. I was working on it this morning before we had this call. So yeah, it, it's been it's been easier during the pandemic to to find time to write, but I always tried to find time. But I wasn't one of those people that stressed about it, right? So if a week went by and I didn't get a chance to write, I didn't get a chance to write. 
Um, I know some people stress if they can't write every day, if they don't have a, uh, a set number of words that they get out and they'll plot it all out. And I, I think that would just drive me crazy if that's the way I, I went by it. Once I sit to write, I'm a pretty quick writer. And this is why I often take the time to think about each chapter in between. So if I do have a more flushed out chapter, one that just doesn't reveal itself as I'm writing kind of thing, I can get that set in my mind before I, I sit down. So yeah, I don't stress about the time. If it's something you really want to do, you'll find the time. I mean, I also have a 10-year-old daughter on top of those two other things. And she was literally busy every night of the week before the pandemic, right? We would have hockey three nights a week. She would go to math and girl guides and things like this. So, I mean, we were always running her somewhere. You just find it. You find that little bit of time and you do it. I mean, there were many nights I would be still up till 1.30 in the morning writing. But I didn't see it as a sacrifice. I didn't see it as a chore. It was something I really wanted to do and something I enjoyed doing. So you find the time. What are your favorite inspiration prompts, productivity tools, or creative routines? Well, as I said, I do like to go for a walk. So I got a dog and I have to go for a walk daily, which is good because it allows me to fill in some of the tidbits in between things. And uh, as I said, my very first uh, novel idea, uh, a book called The Extraordinary Life of Jimmy Mayfield, came on a walk. And I did say I was writing a series of cosmic horror stories. And the first one that I wrote, again, came on a walk, We're walking the dog late one night. And I drew on an actual event that happened in my childhood. So I was about six and we were traveling to Cape Breton where my parents are from. And I remember on the radio, an announcement came over about a sea monster that had been washed ashore. And of course, as you're driving through the wilds of Nova Scotia and Cape Breton, all you've got is CBC radio to listen to. And literally every 15 minutes, they would come on and talk about this sea monster. And I kept picturing Godzilla coming up over the next hill kind of thing. And it, it turned out to be nothing, of course. It was a basking shark, but it was just extraordinarily large. So they, they didn't know what it was at first. But I thought, well, what happens if this sea monster is actually real? And that's, that was the genesis of my first story. And I wrote it as a, as a standalone and it was so well received. People were saying, Oh, I want to see more of these characters that it, it ended up developing into an arc. That's going to be 18 stories long in its entirety. And when I say short stories, I mean, we're talking anywhere between uh, 10 and 20,000 words. So if I put six of these stories in a, a book together, we're talking a 90,000 word book. So I've done that and I've got the first two books are out and I've got uh, the next two stories of the, the final book. So there's 14 of the 18 planned stories out. So to me, walking is where I gain all my inspiration to, to do all this stuff. And each of the stories that I've written in that series have come to me while I was gone for a walk. Now for other tools that I use to help me out, I rely heavily on things like Grammarly and Pro Writing Aid. I usually have them running while I'm writing to try to eliminate some of my bad habits, like talking in a passive voice and things of that nature. And I find doing that kind of editing on the fly helps me. It's helping me become a better writer. It's helping me anticipate where I'm going to have 
problems and issues. And by fixing it right away, I can concentrate on the story. I know other people wouldn't like to interrupt themselves that way. They want to just get it all on paper and then worry about the editing after the fact. But I, I find it, it helps me craft a, a better story. So I rely heavily on those two tools. So inspiration is going for a walk, uh, helping me in my writing, co-writing Aiden Grammarly. What three things do you wish you had known earlier in your creative journey? Well, I wish I'd known more about Amazon and self-publishing. I may have actually started sooner. I think I kind of missed the boat. I mean, I only started writing in uh, March of 2018. The very first thing I published was April 1st, 2019, and it was a four-page short story. And I, I threw that up on Amazon just for fun, just to see how it went, and I got really good response right off the bat. And then I just started throwing little tidbits up onto Amazon. My first real uh, compilation didn't happen until February of 2020, and my first standalone novel only came out September 1st of 2020. So had I, I understood the self-publishing business of Amazon earlier on and, and seeing that you can become a success. And I follow a, a number of different, uh, you know, Facebook groups, including the um, 20 books to 50 K guys. And I think they're great at showing you how to navigate Amazon and so the self-publishing world. But uh, if I'd known that, I think I may have been inspired to start sooner. But then again, you know what? We start projects when we're meant to. So maybe I wouldn't have been ready, but I think that could have been a catalyst to, uh, get me started a little sooner had I been more aware of the self-publishing world. What is the latest tool or resource you've discovered? The latest tool or resource I've discovered, the fact that ProWriting Aid now has a, a live version that you can run while you're writing. That was fairly new for me to start using that. I was always using it after the fact, so I would write and run it through out of Grammarly running, but I was now running with both of them and they both have their strengths and weaknesses. So that was a new tool. One of the best tools I've found for synonyms and antonyms and things like that, Word Hippo. It is amazing. As far as, you know, using a thesaurus to find alternate ways of saying things. I know ProWriting Aid has a thesaurus function as well, but it's not quite as good as Word Hippo. So I will find while I'm writing, sometimes it'll flag for me, well, you've used this word a lot in this passage. So then I'm going back to Word Hippo and I'm finding a better way or a better word that, yeah, let's use that. And then suddenly I'm reading the sentence and it's just so much stronger. So that's probably Word Hippo is the, one of the better resources I have found to, to help me uh, make my writing sound a little bit more interesting. I do like that one. It gives you better options, I think, than a lot of the other online thesauruses. Yeah, I, I was never really a fan of the online thesauruses until I found Word Hippo. And it's just like, wow, why is this one so much better than everybody else's? I don't know. It seems like it would be a, a simple thing to create, but Word Hippo definitely stands out for me. What project or message do you want to tell listeners about today? Well, like I said, I've got two novels that are recently released. The first one is called The Stone of Death. It's a fantasy novel. It came out uh, September 1st, uh, and it follows four characters. 
they meet in an inn, which I know is a, a very overused fantasy trope, but I did that on purpose because I wanted to start it out with a, a well overused maybe trope because the rest of the book totally deviates from that. I mean, I, I have read lots of fantasy and, and a lot of the, the big epic fantasy. And I, I started to find that, you know, big epic fantasy, it's got its place. Yes. And I enjoy it. Like the George R. R. Martins and the J.R. Tolkien's, but Oh my God, not everything can be so massive of an undertaking and so large of an investment by the reader. Now I know many people like that and that's fine, but I thought every now and then you kind of want to throw in something that's a little lighter. So this is a very light fantasy type story, but it is about four people that quite frankly, you would never expect to be the hero of a story. They are not important in any way. They are not exceptional in any way. They are just four people who happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And if they don't do this, a cult of assassins is going to take them out anyway. So not only are they in a chance, get a chance to save the world, but just saving their own skin means staying ahead of these guys and getting there. And they're pursued by two different groups that are trying to recover this, this artifact called the stone of death, which is the power to end all life on the planet. So they're racing them to get there. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea what they'll do when they get there. If they happen to beat anybody and actually recover this artifact, what the heck are they going to do with it? So there's a lot of tongue in cheek and some, lighthearted humor on top of the fact that you've got these people that just clearly if the the fate of the world was if you knew that the world was going to end these are not the people you would want to be saving it so i think it's a little bit of a departure and it's going to be a four book series and each book is written from the perspective of one of the four characters so i think that also makes it a little bit interesting and different won't be for everybody but I think people that are looking for something a little unique in the fantasy realm should give it a try. The other one I did was called The Seeker of Solace, and it is a sci-fi Western. So think Mandalorian. It was actually watching The Mandalorian that first made me start to think about doing this kind of, of novel. A uh, big fan of video games. Uh, in particular, I played Red Dead Redemption. So I, I borrowed some of the story ideas from that video game, tied in the Mandalorian uh, as well as a little bit of the TV show Firefly. So if you're liking any of those three things, I think you're going to, going to like this one. It's very much written as one would a Western with some hard science fiction thrown in on top. So again, a very niche story, but for those that like both of those or, or those two shows, three shows, uh, I think you'll like this too. Most of my writing tends to be very dialogue heavy with very witty, very unique characters, right? Nobody is ever the same. And I think both of these two novels show that off very well. Actually, the one I'm most impressed with is The Seeker of Solace. That was the, the most recent one I've written. Well, I will definitely put links to both of those in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. And thank you so much for this opportunity. You've been listening to Pants On or Off, all about creators and the creative process. 
If you'd like to suggest a guest for a future show, please drop by ellenwynbooks.com forward slash guests. Now, go out there and make something fantastic. <laughs>